Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Rooted with Yams. You guys, let me tell you something. It is real, real, real tragic and ghetto out here um, behind the microphone, behind your headphones. I recorded this episode already, okay? I recorded it. Garage Band was acting somehow, just acting higgy haga jaga jaga scattered, and it really, really upsetted me and my homegirls, you feel me? So I'm really agitated right now as I record this next episode, but I, I was supposed to give you guys this episode a long, periodically time ago, so my apologies, my sincerest apologies if this episode sounds rushed. My sincerest apologies for the delay. I'm really going to try to be concise with this episode and not have to edit it at all, okay? So we're just going to have one cute little segment. I'm going to tell you guys about my vagina. This is my vagina monologue. I'm going to tell you guys about my Diva Cup experience. I hope I will be able to come around to posting the visual compliment to this podcast on my Instagram, which is at Rooted with Yams, if you're not following your girl already. But um, I hope I can get around to it the way I'm feeling right now, the way I haven't studied all day because I've been (laughs) trying to figure this thing out. We will just take it step by step. But for now, I'm going to tell you guys about my Diva Cup experience. Because two years ago, May 30th, to be exact, 2018, I recorded a podcast called A Period Story, dot, 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 no joke. And you guys loved that episode. I actually listened back to it, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't quite mind it either, if I do say so myself. And if y'all listen to it, if you haven't, go ahead, pause this, listen to that, and come back. But if you already listened to it, you guys know that that was kind of my experience with a soft disc which is a menstrual disc, and it's kind of supposed to be a a flat, more, I don't know, it just, it's not a cup. It it kind of puts a cap between your cervix and your vagina versus a cup sits and rests in your vagina and collects the blood as it comes down. Anyways, I'll put, I'll have pictures to go along with this uh, episode on my Instagram so you guys can see some of the differences. But for now, let's go ahead and jump right in to this conversation. Okay. All right, so this week's Rooted Conversation is brought to you by, insert sponsorship that I am manifesting one day. <laughs> um, this is brought to you by uh, the Diva Cup. It is one of the many, many, many different menstrual cups that uh, the world has to offer. And I pretty much chose to go with the Diva Cup, even though I would have preferred to go with a black-owned menstrual cup feminine hygiene product company. I went with the Diva Cup because it kind of is the OG of menstrual cups. If you've heard of menstrual cups before, you've probably heard of the Diva Cup. Also, I went to my gynecologist, and I wanted her to measure my vagina tunnel and tell me the length and where my cervix is sitting. I really wanted her to give me a presentation when I went for my pap smear. And just, uh, I wanted her to have a whole PowerPoint presentation ready, uh, textbooks about menstrual cups, and just have pretty much a tailored, personalized 
medical session with me before I went and bought one. I wanted her to tell me about every single Diva Cup that Walmart and Target had to offer and help me pick the one that is tailored for my body. But she pretty much looked at me, shrugged her shoulders, and was like, girl, if you've had kids before, get size one in the Diva Cup. I mean, get size two in the Diva Cup. And if you never had kids before, which is my situation, just get size one. She really just made it sound that simple. And I wanted it to be more elaborate than that. So I don't know. She's, she's a doctor. She's a gynecologist. So I just went with what she said. I got size one in the Diva Cup and I kept it pushing. But I was expecting much, much more <laughs> from me asking her that question. But anyways, that is what I'm going to be giving my feedback on, my review, whatever you want to call it, on today. Um, I do think eventually I will try other menstrual cups, but, you know, for now, we're going to talk about the Diva Cup. So, um, let's see, where do I start? Well, I'm going to start by telling you guys uh, some of my experiences and why I chose the Diva Cup or why I chose to switch to menstrual cups finally after, like, six years of contemplation, and then I will answer some questions at the end of the episode that you might have before you um, go into your own menstrual cup journey or whatever. So first things first, the reason I wanted to be menstrual cup only um, as a form of menses control is because, number one, i trying to be like more eco-friendly. I'm trying to be more earthy of a human being. I'm trying to be like a more holistic, uh, environmental kind of woman. That is who I inspire and aspire to be. And so I've really heard from the most earthiest of them all that, you know, menstrual cups are best for the environment. So that was kind of the thing that first sparked my interest years ago. Secondly, um, y'all ever go to somebody's house and you're on your period and you don't want to like fill their trash cans with your bio biohazardous waste? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. Like I always, I would take out my tampons, bloody and all, put them back in the packaging or wrap them in tissue paper and sometimes stuff it back in my purse and throw it away when I get home because I just... I felt bad filling somebody's trash cans with it, especially if I was going to be there, like I was sleeping over. It was going to be like a long time. Um, so I just kind of got annoyed. And I also, in public spaces, I hate pushing on that tin thing to toss away my stuff. And then, especially when they're full, boy, you just got everybody's pads and um, devices just sticking out. And ugh, it just seems like a toxic situation that I was constantly in. So I wanted to eliminate that. Another reason why I was kind of driven to do this is because if it works, okay, if I became a menstrual cup person, I would never have to buy tampons again or pads, theoretically, you know, I don't, hopefully praying that I don't have any leaks. So all of this just sounded like a win-win-win for me. I just needed to be in the right place financially to be able to take that risk um, and spend that $40 on something that I might hate and just have to throw away. So that's, that's how we got here, okay? And yeah, those are my, th that was my why. I will say you definitely have to have a why before you embark on a journey like this. Um, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a pretty wide thing. 
the cup and diameter. I'll try to leave the dimensions in the episode notes just so you, for you logistic people, for you like number crunchers who want to see all those kind of details. I'll try to include it for you in the episode notes. But um, it, it, it looks like it looks like a little monster um, if you're new to it. So you definitely have to have a why to help you uh, persevere and stick through this huge learning curve of using a menstrual cup for the first time. All right, so here I go with my experiences. This, this is like my podcast, my little, uh, I don't know, spoken experience, lived experience, very personal, going to be very biased at the end. That's where I'll, I'll have the unbiased, um, unfiltered kind of scientific answers for you guys. So first things first, let's talk about the insertion of this thing, okay? The insertion was, to me, the scariest part, but I realized what I really should have been scared of was the the pullout, <laughs> the takeout, the removal. That's what I really should have been a little bit more skeptical about because once you get the insertion, it becomes easier and easier every single day. To give you guys kind of an estimate, um, I was taking videos of myself inserting it every single day, and the first day, the video length was 37 minutes, okay? The second day, um, the video length was barely a minute. It was like a minute and 10 seconds, and most of that minute and 10 seconds, I was talking because I wanted to use this clip to insert for the Instagram stuff. So it took me like 15 seconds max by the end of it, and... That just shows how much of a learning curve the insertion part is. <clears throat> I really try not to cough because I don't want to edit this again, but <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, yeah, insertion, that is going to be a huge learning curve. For the Diva Cup specifically, uh, there's kind of like a taco method to fold it and slide it up your vagina. And there's also a triangular like pyramid fold, which is the one I preferred to slide it up, up your vagina. And then it, it, it opens up and it creates a seal between the walls of your vagina and the rim of your, of your diva cup. And that seal, you will feel it like you should. You will feel it. You will feel that it's sealed because you won't feel anything. I hope that makes sense. I really hope so, but <laughs> if you guys are following me, that's how you know that it has opened properly when there is no discomfort there. In the beginning, you might feel a little bit of pressure, and to me, at least, the way my vagina set up, that was kind of normal. It didn't bother me. It wasn't painful or anything like that, and I definitely got used to it. So... Yeah, what else about insertion? The instructions say everything. There are videos on YouTube. There are so many videos, but still, it took me almost 40 minutes to get it in the first time. Um, also, about insertion, you need to de, uh, I mean, you need to sanitize it, disinfect it, and clean it before and after each use. I would say each use, but I did it, I boiled my Diva Cup after each use so like every time I took a shower and I think I kind of OD'd on that just so that I can boil it for a little bit then run back up, up to my shower and put it in that was a little extra for me to do every day 
Um, so I will say, like, I, I definitely OD'd on the cleaning of the Diva Cup before and after every use, and I, I won't do it again. Well, I'm about to be on my period, like, in six days, and I won't do that again. But before every cycle and at the end of every cycle, you do need to boil it to thoroughly uh, sanitize the Diva Cup. But other than that, between every use, what you must do, mandatory, is wash it with soap and water and dry it completely. You have to dry it completely or else it won't create the seal between your cervix and your vagina. Another thing, oh, I can't believe I forgot. I almost forgot this. One thing I wanted my gynecologist to do for me that she didn't and I did for myself is measure um, my, my cervix length. So basically, you stick your finger up your vagina and use your thumb as a, as a marker. And once you stick it up, you, you'll hit your cervix. You'll hit, it will feel like a nose. Like, it'll feel like a little button. You put your finger as high up as you can until you, you hit like a little, a little, little bulb, it feels like. And that's how you know you've reached your cervix. So you mark how far up your finger went with your thumb. And you take it out, holding your thumb as a place placeholder, and then you're going to use a ruler and measure the length of it. Mine was like 30-some millimeters, micrometers, millimeters, whatever the units are, and I journaled it somewhere. But that should be, a, like every Diva cup or menstrual cup will say um, the cervix length that it's compatible with, and there's pretty much an average. There's a a standard, I guess, or an average range for most um, anatomical vaginas. Um, yeah, so yours will likely fall within that range. If it doesn't, or if you want your gynecologist to measure it precisely for you, um, he or she could probably do that and tell you if a menstrual cup will be um, compatible for you. But I would, I think it's safe to say that your your vagina channel is going to be just fine. Um, all right. So that's insertion, right? What's the next thing? The next thing is um, removal. Let's just get the basics out the way, right? So for the removal of the Diva Cup, um, some videos, some people I saw, they were real raggedy. They were accustomed to, well, let me not be judgmental because maybe you're a Diva Cup connoisseur and you know it better than I do. But from first glance, as a first timer, just taking out your Diva Cup anyhow, anywhere in public spaces, it seems real dirty to me. And I don't think that's going to be my cup of tea. But some people, some people do that. I personally took it out whenever I took a shower. So the recommended time for the Diva Cup or the menstrual cup to be in you is 12 hours. So the way I went about it was whenever I took a shower before bed, I took it out and put it back in, took it out, clean, cleaned it, of course, of course. And then I put it back in for my six to 12 hours of sleep and continued um, just like that around the clock. So to take it out, you're going to have to pretend to poop. And I learned this on my own, kind of the hard way. The videos didn't really talk about it that I saw. But I learned this because whenever I was, I was wearing the Diva Cup and I had to poop, it felt like the cup was about to fall into the toilet. So I kind of used some, what is it, deductive reasoning and figured, okay, 
if it feels like it's going to fall out whenever I for real, for real poop, then surely let me kind of simulate that mechanism in the bathtub and see if I can get a grip on it to pull it out. So I'll get in my shower, do my thing, and pretend that I was pooping. I literally put my, my leg up on the edge of the bathtub, pop a squat, and start the little grunting, just trying to put my mind into a stage for like pretend that I'm pooping. So I would do that, and the diva cup, the pressure from, I guess, my rectal muscles contracting and, you know, my uterus pushing down my cervix, my cervix pushing down my vagina, it allowed the diva cup to kind of um, come down a little bit, and I was able to get a good grip, pinch the diva cup, twist it, and pull it out smoothly. So, yeah, pulling it out, that was very weird. That was probably the weirdest part of the whole journey, I will say, because if you have to get a really, really good grip on this thing or else you end up pulling it out while it's completely open. And when you do that, for me at least, it felt like my vagina was about to tear, okay? And I'm probably being dramatic because I know your vagina can tear when you're delivering a baby, and this is nothing compared to a baby, but that feeling, it just felt like this thing is way too big (laughs) to be coming out like this. I wish it could like... I don't know, relax a little bit and so it can slide out easily, but you have to get a super, super good grip on the thing in order to pull it out without it being fully open. What else? What else What else can I tell y'all about? Um, I really hope that I have the chance to post my video documentation because it will be, I think it will make more sense, but we'll see. We'll see if I get around to it. Mm. What else? Let me pull up my notes real quick. Y'all, this is so ghetto. Like, this is about to be the most ratchet upload I'm doing. But, hey, I'm not I'm not going to edit it for the fifth time. <laughs> Insertion. Oh, okay. Next thing I want to tell you guys is about leaks. Leaks, leaks, leaks. That was one of my biggest concerns uh, when going to the menstrual cup world because I was like, this is about to be a smooth $40, right? I don't want to buy any pads, any liners. I don't want to buy anything in addition to this $40 I'm already about to drop. So I was concerned about leaks because I said, if I see one dribble of blood on my panties, I'm going to throw a fit. Like it's going to be riots in the bathroom. Um, But I did not experience that. So I can confidently tell you guys with my unlicensed opinion that you will not have leaks if the thing is in there correctly and it is sealed around the rim of your vagina up at the cervix level. I can say that confidently. One thing I did experience was some discharge leaking around. Um, It didn't drop to my panties. It's something I saw on my toilet paper when I would wipe and it wasn't all the time. It was like in the beginning when I think I didn't put it in properly. I did see that it was kind of like that brownish, opaque, mucusy discharge that you have on your tampon at the very end of your period when you put in a tampon and it's like the last day or even beyond your cycle. 
and you pull it out and you see like there's no blood, but it's kind of that like dry brown, dry blood color. I don't know what's that called. Maybe to me, I'm calling it period, period discharge or period mucus. I saw a little bit of that. I wouldn't call it leaks because it didn't fall all the way to my underwear and it wasn't that bright red blood color. I only saw it on the tissue when I wiped and it was only the first first day or even the first two days when I was still trying to figure out how to put the thing in me correctly. So yeah, that's leaks and discharge. The other thing I want to tell you guys from my personal experience is about cramps. I think that's when you think of period, the next thing you think about is cramps, sis. Am I still going to be having some cramps? Like if this can't cure my cramps, I don't want it. And to that, I say, don't be fooled. This is not a cure to cramps. If you experience cramps, um, there are many reasons why you can experience cramps. If you experience like really debilitating, severe cramps, please, if you haven't already, talk to your uh, physician, your primary care provider, your gynecologist, whoever. You need to talk to somebody about that because cramps, there is a biological mechanism to um, cramps, especially before like the days leading up to your period, but it shouldn't really be debilitating. And something that I learned from my gynecologist and also from the Mocha Docs, um, on Instagram, check them out. I, I, I attended their like seven day webinar theme. Something that I learned and I'm kind of embarrassed that it took me like what, 10 to 15 years of painful cramps to figure this out, but whatever, I'm here now. Um, what I learned is that you need to start taking whatever kind of medication, for me it's naproxen, at the beginning stages of your cramps. When you feel like, oh, I'm about to get my period, I feel a little discomfort, that's when you start taking the recommended dose and you take it cyclically according to the dosage throughout your period. So for me, I take naproxen. When I first start sensing the cramps, I'll take one and then you take it every, uh, I think it's 12 hours. So I do that, I do that, I do that, I do that, whether I have cramps or not. That's the key. You have to take it throughout your menstrual cycle or your menses when you're bleeding because, I don't know, that's just the mechanism of action with the drug and your body, the biology of it. That's just what you're supposed to do to help alleviate the pain. What I was doing <laughs> recklessly, okay, now that I know better, I'm going to do better, and I hope you guys do better too, is I was literally popping drugs when I was bent over like to damn near tears. That's when I'll be like, okay, I need some medicine. You're not supposed to wait till it gets that bad. And I think I was guilty of that. And I, I know some of y'all are guilty of that too, because I've seen it with my eyes. Don't try to play me. Um, but yeah, we're learning. Don't matter how old you are. Try that. I hope it works. Um, it, it definitely worked for me, for the most part. My first day, I still had a little bit of cramps, um, but we blame Eve, okay? Eve, I blame her. I don't even think God will allow a medication to fully eradicate our cramps and our pain during this time of the month because of Eve. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my ancestors, okay? Next thing we can talk about is sleep. This was my 
favorite, my absolute favorite part of the Diva Cup. You guys, y'all know, y'all know, y'all know just as good as I do that when you're on your period, me personally, I cannot sleep with a tampon. I don't trust that I'm going to sleep for less than eight, the recommended time. I get nervous. So I just don't sleep with tampons. I sleep with a pad. And if any of y'all are like me, you absolutely know that something about you waking up, you waking up when you're on your period, it's like your body goes into overdrive with the blood flow. Like as soon as your your neurons and the neurotransmitters to wake up your body, as soon as they start tingling and, and communicating with each other, it's like your vagina goes buck wild. Like your all the shedding that was built up while you were in in REM sleep and stuff, it's like whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> it goes crazy. It goes berserk. And y'all know you have to get up the second you hear your alarm. You have to get up immediately, and you need to go take off that pad because it's going to – you lie in bed five more minutes, that pad will be covered in blood, okay? So that is so annoying for me. As a snooze lover, I love to hit my snooze button. I'm very intentional with how I set my alarms. I'm expecting to hit snooze when I set my alarms, you feel me? So periods and that kind of sleep that I have, they're not compatible. But with the Diva Cup, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Huh? Hallelujah. with the Diva Cup, the way I could sleep, I could stay in bed, I could just meditate. I can wake up, have morning prayer. I can wake up, brush my teeth, wash my face, bathe myself, eat some pancake. I could really, really enjoy sunrise. I could really, really enjoy my mornings, right? Without having to sprint to the bathroom, without having to just flail my arms around and wail and frantically look for a, a tampon to stick up my vagina before World War III happened in my jaws, okay? I fully appreciated this Diva Cup for stopping that morning terror. I Oh, it was sweet. Oh, it was sweet. My mornings became so sweet with the Diva Cup. And you guys, I really do think that was probably... If I never use a pad again, if I never use a tampon again, it's because of this reason. This has been the number one benefit of the Diva Cup based off of my first time experience. Oh, child, I'm excited. Like, I'm smiling ear to ear right now. But anyway, let me tell you about how long you can keep this thing in, okay? You can keep the Diva Cup, I think generally for any menstrual cup, you can keep it in for 12 hours. So... To me, that's great. I can trust that I'm not going to be nowhere for 12 hours, especially during this time, coronavirus. Typically, I might be weary that I'll probably be at school longer than 12 hours, but I do like the fact that this kind of forces me to go home and take a mental break whenever I do return to the physical building. Um, if I've been at school for 12 hours, <laughs> I need that's, a, that's already a sign. Like, sis, there is no reason to be at school for 12 hours. That cannot be healthy. But um, yeah, you switch it. You, you're supposed to take it out, put it back in every 12 hours. Um, I must confess, uh, there were times, two days actually, um, during this experience that I had it in for 14 hours one time and 16 hours another time. I don't know how I get 
I allow myself to get this busy and to get this like distracted and to just be on the go that I don't take the time to <laughs> to do these hygiene practices. But I got time left me twice and I kept it in for more than 12 hours twice and nothing happened to me. I'm still here. I'm still going to do use the Diva Cup again for my next period. And so do what I say, not as I do. Don't be like me. Please follow the recommendation on the box because there's a reason for that 12-hour limit. Mm, what else? Yeah, okay. I have one more thing to tell you guys about my experience, and that is going to sound annoying because I was annoyed hearing it in every YouTube video, back to back to back. I was really annoyed hearing everybody say, it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. I really got frustrated hearing everybody say that because I associate learning curves with school, with academics, with grades, with stress, <laughs> anxiety-provoking things. You feel me? I don't want to associate learning curves with my body. Ew. This is supposed to be my, my temple, my humble abode. Why does it have to be a learning curve? This is my body. Why? But... Whatever, they said it, I rolled my eyes, and now I'm here to tell you they were absolutely right. This is going to be one of the greatest physical learning curves you ever encounter. Actually, I've only lived a, a mere 25 years of life. I haven't really encountered great challenges. I've never um, bore children. I'm sure there are greater learning curves in life, um, <laughs> but as of me, Little old small small me, this has been one of the most un unexpected learning curve that I think I've ever gone through. Um, yeah, so it is a huge learning curve. I'm gonna emphasize it right now, just like all the YouTubers did, because they weren't lying. They were telling the absolute truth. <sighs> wow. That's it, you guys. Um, there was probably so much more I wanted to share, but like I said, um, I'm not doing this again. I recorded this episode one time already. I spent literally two days trying to edit it and put it out there, and I was having so many issues. So that's all for now. Please follow me on Instagram for the little video thing I'm trying to put together and to complement this episode. For now... Let's jump right in to our Q&A segment that is going to be more factual, scientific, and not driven by my personal experience like this last 30 minutes was. Okay. All right. So here are some questions you might have if you're anything like me or anything like some of my wonderful friends. Um, these are some questions that you all might have before spending $40 on a Diva Cup, before embarking on this journey, if you choose to go on it. The first question I have here in my handy-dandy notes app is about troubleshooting. What if the menstrual cup gets lost? This is a great question because this is something I've encountered with tampons. I have personally put in a second tampon in my body when there's already one in there because the first one kind of got lost. I was, was like, I completely forgot that it was in there. I don't know how, but thank God I was able to bring them both out of my body. I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything. So I understand where this question, where this kind of 
worry could come from. But the difference between this Diva Cup and tampons is that a Diva Cup will form a seal uh, between your cervix and your vagina. And it, the seal will literally be running the perimeter of your vaginal wall, the canal. So, and the rest of the cup, the base of the cup will be um, sitting in your vagina, sitting in that hollow tube. So with that being said, nothing else can go up there. Nothing else can go up there at all <laughs> if it is in there correctly. So that is a major plus in, in my eyes for my lifestyle at the moment. That is a major plus. Um, but if I compare it to a soft cup, a soft cup sits at the, very, at the base of your cervix and at the very top of your vaginal canal. So with that... More things could go up your of your vaginal canal when you have a soft cup in. I think a soft cup probably has a more likelihood to get lost, quote unquote. Even though it wouldn't be lost, it would just be maybe you forgot that you already had one in and you would try to put another one in. And soft cups, they do say you can have penet penetrating sex with a soft cup because of where it sits. A diva cup, you cannot. So I don't, think, I don't think it should get lost. Second question is about pain. Did it hurt? This is a great question as well. Pain is very relative. To me, um, it was not a painful experience. There were some uncomfortable moments, especially when it came to taking it out, but it was nothing that I wasn't, I didn't brace myself for. I, I wanted it enough to push through the discomfort, but it wasn't painful. I will say though, it is, it is a thick, it's pretty thick. Okay. Like it's thick. It has a, a big radius and you know, it's big. So mm, you know, like it's just, it is, it might be uncomfortable you know what you're familiar with, what you're unfamiliar with, and you're going to have to be the one to tell yourself if you're going to push through through the pain or discomfort or if you if it ain't it, if you're not ready for that. Or maybe you're ready for it, but it is too painful, and that is okay. All right, the next question you might ask yourself is, what is my flow? Is my flow compatible for a menstrual cup? Is it not compatible for a menstrual cup? I have a super, super heavy flow, like the whole ocean comes out of my vagina when I'm on my period, or I have a super, super light flow. It's just little little raindrops, and, you know, it's like a dime-sized amount on my pad. I will say I consider myself a pretty heavy flow person, and on my heaviest day, I, I like the Diva Cup because it shows you how many milliliters, mLs, that come out of you. There's little labels, you know, little tick marks on the cup, and... Um, I was able to get a precise measuring of how much blood was leaving me. And I consider myself very heavy and I wasn't even able to fill up half of the cup. And I told you guys already, there's times that I kept it in me for more than 14 hours. And I was never able to fill up more than half the cup. So, you know, I don't know your specific flow, but I'm confidently going to say that I think any flow would be compatible with a menstrual cup. But if you have visited your gynecologist before and they have told you that you have like an abnormally heavy flow, 
then maybe talk to them about if a menstrual cup is going to be compatible for you. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, next question could be around the material. The Diva Cup specifically is silicone based and it's very tough. I do, I have to say it is very tough, very thick, very, very durable. I, I liked that, I think. Um, I liked it because I felt very secure with it in me, but I didn't like that material because it was very hard to get a grip on it. It was very hard to fold it the way the pictures just made it seem so easy as if it was, it was just going to be bending and doing gymnastics on its own, but it's so thick that it was, it was pretty difficult to get a, get my finger muscles ready for it. But now I think my finger muscles are pretty trained. Um, they're a little bit stronger, so I'm confident that the next time I try to fold it to put it in, um, in about six days, it's going to be just fine. There are, there are so many different menstrual cups. A lot of them, um, the reviews are that they're softer than the Diva Cup, and so it helps with the insertion process and the takeout process if that's something you're concerned about. But I'm pretty sure that they're all a silicone base, okay? Um, yeah, so Diva Cups are very durable, I will say. Probably the most durable brand that I've seen. All the other brands that I compared them to that I was interested in trying, they do seem a little bit softer. Mm, what's next? What's next? Okay, the cost. Hmm, the cost for the Diva Cup it was for me $40. That was with no coupons, no promotions, no nothing. It was $40 straight from my local Target. And um, the other diva, the other menstrual cups that I was interested in were the Lily Cup, Honey Pot Company's Cup, and Cora, Cora Feminine Hygiene Products. And all three of them, their cost was cheaper than the Diva Cup but still more than $30, still more than the box of tampons you would buy every month. So yes, I do think it was a little bit pricey. Um, and I recognize that not every woman has access to any type of feminine hygiene products that are out there. And that's unfortunate. Unfortunate because I didn't choose to bleed like this. I really, really didn't. I didn't choose this life for me. Um, but maybe one day all these products will be free. But for now, to me, it's hella expensive um, for a little cup that I have to force up my vagina. But anyways, um, the way I convince myself to go with it is that I'm telling myself I'm going to get six cycles out of this cup. Because six cycles multiplied by the $8 I spend every month for tampons and pads, that that would make it worth the cost, the one-time purchase cost of a Diva Cup. Um, yeah, and the good thing about the Diva Cup is that hypothetically, you only need one for the rest of your life. Um, that's, that's the claim. Knowing me, I probably will not be comfortable with that. I will probably get another one, another brand. I just want to have like an option, maybe a row of four. Maybe I use one a year or one every four cycles. I just, I just kind of want to have a rotation of cups. Um, that's that's kind of how I imagine my menstrual cup life going. But ideally, as advertised, 
you can use one forever. As long as you maintain it properly, you don't burn it when you boil it, you clean it adequately, and you know, you're just gentle with the thing, okay? Let's see, what's the next question? It's about sanitation and cleanliness. Okay, so how is how do you keep this thing clean? What are the best hygiene practices for a menstrual cup? First things first, I will say wash your hands before and after use. That is going to be described on the box. And also wash the cup after every use. First of all, you're going to want to because you're going to be pouring out sticky blood from the cup after every use. And <laughs> you're going to see it and want to wash it. If you don't automatically want to wash it, I would say you need to look at yourself in the mirror and reevaluate your life because it's, blood is not something you just want to be putting in and out of your body. So you're going to want to wash it thoroughly after every use. And frequently, as frequently as possible, you want to do a thorough, thorough sanitation, and that is when you place the menstrual cup in boiling water so it can really burn away all of the bacteria, and then you're going to dry it thoroughly before your next insertion. And make sure it cools down. Make sure it cools down. Don't go up there burning your epithelial cells and your tissue and your lining. Don't do that. That, that, might, be, that might be painful. Um, oh, and they give you a little baggie. They give you a little baggie that you can keep the cup in, in between use. Mine was purple, it's really, really cute, and it makes me even more excited to use it when I have a little caring package, it's really cute. And yeah, the next, I'm gonna do the last question, this is gonna be the last question, I'm sorry. But um, the last question is about any physical limitations or considerations that you might have going into the purchase or going into the menstrual cup journey. And again, my unlicensed, unprofessional, um, uncredited opinion says that any, any body type, any build can use a menstrual cup. There are so many different menstrual cups that you can browse through on the internet. Don't go and buy all of them unless you got it like that, unless you're you have that much money, but look through the options. Um, look at the people who are trying them, if, if that's something that might help you in your deliberations. But from what it, it seems like, it seems that there is a standard vaginal canal length. There's kind of a range that most people fall within. And I don't know, I, I think that I think that you should be fine. Um, if you're maybe really, really tall or bigger, or if you're really, really small and or lighter, and they have given you complications, health complications in the past, or your doctors have warned you that maybe your size can hinder certain areas of your life. If this is an area of your life that your phys physical shape might hinder, you might know that by now. You might have had complications um, with your feminine health already. And so if, if that's you, then definitely talk to your physician first. But if it's not you, if you're like, if you're your size and you're your build and it's healthy, 
then likely you fall within those healthy, that healthy range of a vagina and of a cervix. So you should be good because these menstrual cups are meant for healthy vaginas in general, just like tampons. They're made, they're made for healthy vaginas and pads are, well, pads don't go in you, so there's not much consideration, but these things are made for a standard healthy vagina. Um, yeah, so those are all the questions and thank you guys for listening. Be on the lookout, maybe. You know, I've lied to you guys before. Um, but I'm hoping that there'll be a visual compliment to this episode on Instagram, which my Instagram is at Rooted with Yams. And if it's not there, go ahead and DM me. You can yell at me. Um, you can tell me anything you want, and that is going to be just fine. But I do hope that I can get you guys a vis- the visual compliment. So be on the lookout. That's Rooted with Yams. This is the Instagram handle. And then you can also email me at rootedwithyams at gmail.com if you want to give me your feedback via email. Or you can let me know in the SoundCloud comments. Or you can let me know as you rate this episode on Apple Podcasts. Leave your appropriate number of stars. And you can leave a little comment about this episode. I won't mind. I love to read it. I love to see it. So... Yes, go ahead and do that. And that's all. That's really all. Make sure you subscribe. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on your stories. And help me. Help me help you. You know, because if y'all make this podcast a thing and y'all make my, my like, real raggedy voice become popular and become cool and become something that diva cup company wants to to support and give money to what's that going to be that's going to be beneficial to me to gain sponsorship and beneficial to y'all because i'll give y'all like discount codes and stuff for stuff like this in the future hello so why wouldn't you rate why wouldn't you share it why wouldn't you um publicize and promote this podcast i don't know if you love yourself i think you would do it but that's all for now and y'all have a blessed day. And yeah. Bye-bye.